Have you worried that you aren't cut out to homeschool your outside-the-box learner? Or maybe the anxiety and the confusion during the day while you're trying to teach your child is just too much. You're not sure what to do, or they're frustrated and they don't want to learn. Today, Beth Ellen Nash is going to share four secrets to homeschooling holistically to help us gain peace and progress, and you're not going to want to miss this. She is incredible. She has a school that she's been running for years and years that makes progress with children who struggle uh, in beautiful ways <laughs> and brings peace to the parents, peace to the relationship, and she really knows what she is talking about. She is an expert in this, and what she has to share with you will help you even if you aren't a homeschooler, even if you are a family whose child goes to private school or even public school. The tips that she shares today can actually help you with that child's homework and navigating their educational journey. So tune in, grab a notebook. You're going to love this. Hey mamas, welcome to her home and heart podcast. Do you want balance in your home life and peace in your heart at the end of each long day? Do you want to let go of feelings of failure because you've yelled at the kids again despite promising yourself and God you'd stop? I'm Katie. I'm a homeschooling mom who also had little kids and wanted to create a thriving home environment. In this podcast, you'll find resources for holistic living, heart connection with your family, and homeschooling so that you won't wake up to regret one day. Even if you have outside-the-box learners or your own health challenges, you'll find support here. Breathe deeply, grab a coffee, and let the kids go play, because it's time for you to find peace and fulfillment that you've been longing for. Let's go. I am so excited today to have Beth Ellen Nash back with us. For those of you who have not already heard Beth Ellen's first episode, go back to our relaunch and look for her 10-minute episode where she describes some amazing things that moms of um, homeschool kids can do to really amplify the experience and make it fantastic. So Beth Ellen has her education degree from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has 22 years of experience working with dyslexics and other outside-the-box learners. She's currently the Director and Intervention Specialist for Wings to Soar Online Academy. She has tutored, assessed, and consulted with hundreds of families. She is the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, Dyslexia Outside the Box, as well as Wings to Soar Spelling Foundations. She is also the creator of the Wings to Soar Fostering Whole Person Wellbeing app and the Becoming the Me I Want to Be course. In addition, she's a sought-after speaker for many homeschooling and educational conferences. She tailors her talks and everything she does with kids to the needs of the audience, drawing upon her experience with students ages 3 to 21 who have dyslexia, ADHD, autism spectrum, RAD, OCD, anxiety, depression, learning disabilities, and those who otherwise just learn differently from traditional schooling. So Beth Ellen, thank you for being back with us again today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Always good to be back. Yeah. So we really dug into, you know, four common mistakes that homeschool moms make that they don't need to make. And they will all feel so much happier and more joyful as a family if they can can just make simple shifts that we talked about in the last episode. And so today I wanted to start with just getting some of your story and to just ask you about traditional education, because you were a part of traditional education, but you decided to leave and you decided to start your own school. So what was that thing that pushed you to leave traditional education and start your own school? Well, I was doing a long-term sub and I was baffled by four students who failed almost every test. So Mm -hmm. over the lunch table, I asked my colleague for advice. Her matter of fact response was, some of them just aren't going to make it. 
Well, I said nothing. Inside, I screamed, not on my watch, not in my classroom. And, you know, perhaps you're frustrated by an educational system that seems to have written your child off. It's painful to watch your child struggle and you're tired of spending long hours trying to help your child learn, but not seeing results. Well, some of them aren't going to make it was not an acceptable option to me. And I suspect it isn't either for you, especially not when it's your child. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed that the bureaucratic constraints of the public school system left my hands tied to get the kids the help they needed. And my colleague's comment confirmed for me that I did not belong in the traditional classroom. So I started tutoring. And I learned through trial and error and quite a few specialized trainings what worked for students facing a variety of challenges. As I grew to care about those individual kids I was working with, my passion for the struggling learner just grew. One of the moms expressed frustration that her nine-year-old daughter was ashamed because her six-year-old brother was catching on to reading faster than she was. And while her daughter was making progress in her tutoring, there was only so much I could do in the two hours a week that I got to work with her. She was struggling to stay afloat in school, really just trying to keep her head above water and slipping further and further behind. Now, I'd actually known since I wrote my philosophy education back in my first school of education course that I was going to need to design my own school someday to provide education in a personalized way that I truly believed it needed to be provided. That's when a few of the homeschooling families I was working with asked me to provide more structure for their children's education. I decided maybe it was time to start that school that I'd been called to create. So for eight years in Madison, Wisconsin, I served three to 13 struggling middle school students at a time in a very homeschool style setting. And that really built the foundation of my personalized approach to learning. It gave me tons of practical experience with the challenges that homeschoolers face every day while trying to teach their outside the box learners. So by 2011, I had parents in over a dozen cities as I spoke and consulted at homeschool conventions saying, oh, I wish your school were here when they heard about my personalized approach to learning. So I decided that my gifts would be better serve a wider audience if I closed that physical school and shifted online. So for the past 11 years, I've been partnering with parents in a hybrid of online education and homeschooling through this online school I founded, Wings to Soar Online Academy. It really returned us more closely to our original model of part-time study with a teacher and part-time at home supervised by the parent. And it's allowed us to personalize education for hundreds of students rather than just the three to 13 kids a year in that tiny brick and mortar school. That tiny brick and mortar school gave me the connection to understanding the real world that homeschoolers are facing from day to day. Yeah. That's how we got, that's how we got to to be where we are. (laughs) That's amazing. So I would love to know, and I know everybody else is probably like, Oh my goodness, tell us some stories. Like tell us about some of these students and what happened. Maybe you feel like Grace's mom. Like so many parents despair as their outside the box learners just so unhappy that they struggle learning foundational skills. So Paula came to me and she said, I feel like I tried everything. She was frustrated despite all the previous hard work and genuine efforts from herself and her daughter, Grace, that reading was such a struggle. You know, Grace had just turned 12, but she's still reading at a third grade reading level. And because reading was such a struggle, they barely touched writing. And first and second grade spelling words were just a major struggle. And Grace would often cry when Paula tried to work on reading with her. So Paula would back off. She didn't want to permanently turn Grace off to reading. 
Paul had grown so weary and discouraged. Just one more program they tried and they didn't disappointing results. So as a result, she felt kind of weary of any new approach, but she was desperate to get results. She began to feel she was running out of options. Paul was feeling worried whether Grace would ever learn basic reading and spelling and writing. She was still struggling to learn through so much effort. And she was nervous. Would she be able to find a solution to help Grace before she ran out of time? Since high school was only two years away at that point. So these worries had Paul feeling anxious about Grace's future opportunities and panic that she had to find a solution and soon. She, you know, Grace had so many skill gaps, but she was just so hard to figure out what to do about it. There were so many holes in her learning, but starting back from the beginning again seemed just so babyish. And Grace was resisting doing stuff again that she already knew. There were pieces she did know. Paula felt like she needed to check off that box that she had done each lesson. And she felt overwhelmed trying to identify what Grace knew and what she didn't, or even what she should know. You know, Grace seemed fidgety and restless and disinterested and you know, kind of bored with the repetitive drills that she actually needed. Even when Paula tried to turn it into a bit of a game, she became so frustrated by all the hard work and getting so little results. And she naturally began to disengage to protect her fragile self-esteem. Paula felt guilty when she became exasperated with trying to help Grace, who seemed to get it one day, but completely forgotten in her day or two later. I'm sure you can relate. And both Paula and Grace had come to dread reading time, so they often just avoided it, doing it all together. To make matters worse, as a preteen, Grace was beginning to resist Paula's efforts to help more and more often. She desperately craved independence. And Paula was feeling frazzled and stressed out trying to provide the help grace while meeting the needs of the rest of the family and all the other responsibilities you have know, worn out exhausted from trying to help sound familiar oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well perhaps you're thinking about it wrong you're thinking i'm not cut out to homeschool my child but maybe you need to think what system supports and accountability do i need to put in place to set my child and myself up for success so imagine maybe fast forwarding one to three years and seeing your child become a confident independent learner you know, where their foundational skills in reading and writing and spelling are solid. Your child's actually embrace systems and strategies and accommodations that allow them to progress with the learning appropriate to their intellect. And your outside-the-box learner knows and understands their unique style and what they need to achieve their learning and life goals. And your child's become a confident, independent learner. Well, if we fast forward a little bit here, we'll see that Grace's situation she achieved just that. So let's give you the ending here to her success story. We created a path to success personalized learning plan for Grace, and it targeted exactly where she was, allowed her to gain that confidence and independent success. Now, in only six months' time, and I know this was a similar experience that you had with your daughter, Katie, she had gone from, Grace had gone from a third grade reading level and hating reading to a sixth grader begging to keep the light on a bit longer to keep reading in bed. <laughs> That is what happened to us, yes. Yeah, I know. That was part of your experience, too. Hey, mamas. Have you been feeling a sense of overwhelm with your homeschool and life, knowing you need to get clarity so you can find your joy again, but you just can't slow down long enough to do it? Maybe you worry you wouldn't know what to change if you did. Do you wish there was a way to find peace in your homeschool and home life where you don't feel overwhelmed or worried that you're failing your kids in their education and where you aren't worried anymore about waking up one day filled with regret? 
Imagine if you had the tools to actually live the kind of homeschooling life you have dreamed of, filled with close relationships, peace in your heart, and no more worries that you'll have regret in the future. That's why I created my successful homeschool strategy sessions, where we work together to customize your homeschool to create a peaceful, happy, joyous home and environment for school. You will walk away with an understanding of what makes a homeschool succeed and a basic roadmap for the first steps to overcome your largest homeschooling challenge. So if you're ready for more peace and more joy in your homeschool, I've got you covered. I'd love to support you and mentor you into a place of peace and joy and into a homeschool life that you love. As a celebration of our podcast relaunch, I am offering one-on-one coaching spots at a discount where we will make a step-by-step plan just for you to get you on the right path to success at home. Because school has just begun and the holidays are not far from now, I will be offering 33% off for the month of November and December so you can invite peace and joy into your home before the holidays hit. And with a discount, you'll have a little extra cash left over to go get something special just for you, Mama. There aren't many spots each week since I still homeschool and run my family like you do. So I invite you to grab a spot if you'd like to kickstart your family on the path to peace before the discount spots are gone. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I'm looking forward to having a coffee together with you and getting you on the path to peace and homeschooling joy. So, you know, imagine having your child begging to keep the light on to read a little bit more, you know, who's just hated reading and tear, everything about reading was tears. So she stayed with us one more year. The next year, she focused on building reading fluency and stamina and growing her vocabulary and strengthening comprehension skills. She used some more focused attention to solidifying spelling on those highest frequency words and worked on building a solid foundation for writing. And life circumstances did change, and Grace needed to transition to public high school for that freshman year. But she had the solid foundation, and she was ready for the challenge. And just that's, I mean, not all of them happen in six months' time, but it's certainly not an uncommon situation where we have a major, you know, breakthrough in six months to a year. And it's just so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So situations and stories like that, and like, you know, yours with your daughter was also one of those where it was just things started clicking when we met her where she was. Exactly. I'll never forget the first time I ever saw her independently having chosen to pull a book off the shelf. And she Mm. was in the beautiful day that day in the sun reading. And it was still slow for her compared to what I would have read. But the fact was she was reading and she was reading with joy and she was comprehending because I asked her, well, what are you reading? Tell me about it. And Mm -hmm. more important than all of that was just the confidence that she had and just the joy that she had, you know, and not only had she been able to move forward into a skill that she needed and Mm -hmm. longed for, and that we had been working toward through, like you said, we felt, well, this might've been in your last, our last chat in our last episode, but you feel like you've done all the things you feel like you've tried everything. And that is the point to which we had, we had come when we found wings to soar in you. And so to see her, you know, in that sunny spot in the driveway with a Mm -hmm. book in hand, (laughs) just like this glorious moment that's etched in my mind forever. I remember taking a picture actually and sending that picture to you going, uh-huh. you're not going to believe this, but you're like, of course I believe this. <laughs> this, is what right, this is what we do. Like, this is what happens is and I can't guarantee every child's going to just grab a book and love reading for the sake of reading. But right. at the same time, it happens 
more often, you know, like that they actually start, you know, a parent will say they were actually reading, maybe they're barely reading at all yet. And, you know, they're, they were reading signs. You know, they just like asked me a question about that sign. Mm -hmm. And the parent was like, I had no clue they could even read it. But they were just yeah. asking me a question about something that was in the environment around them. And it's like, they were just like, one mom shared with me that her son had read the menu for the first time for, for himself. You know, they were at a restaurant and, you know, like for the very first time he was able to order off the menu on his own. That you is know, just things like that. It's like, yes, we celebrate the, you know, I, mean, I see the data and the reports on the backside, but, you know, having those little, you know, success and sort of even just the increased confidence in their learning spilling over into being willing to strike up a conversation and try to make a new friend, you know, yeah. because they're more confident about themselves, you know, even it wasn't something we specifically taught, but the confidence spilling over to, or trying some new activity that they had previously you know, been hesitant to try and they were willing and loved it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, those kinds of spillovers, because we really do believe in that whole person approach to education. I mean, I know that's something you, you know, the whole person is something, you know, you believe in so strongly, but me too. It's like, I whole person well-being is like what my ultimate goal is. It's tremendous. And I remember years and years ago, you and I having a conversation and you said something that always stood out mm -hmm. to me and it gave me a sense of that we're okay. And what you said, as I was speaking to you about dyslexia and trying to understand dyslexia and trying mm -hmm. to understand dysgraphia and trying to understand, you know, this very smart smart child that I have, who is just, mm -hmm. she is so brilliant yet she struggled so much. And it was because of the dyslexia and the dysgraphia. And you said to me, Katie, it's like you have a child who is blind, but who has the gift of sight. So mm -hmm. let's just find ways to accommodate her. Let's figure out how to work with her and get her all the tools she needs, all the skills she needs so that she can function in life just like any other person with her, her way. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you remember saying that to me, probably not. Cause you always say wise things to people all the time, <laughs> but that, that stood out to me because suddenly this wave of, Oh, Oh, we're okay. She's okay. We're going to be okay. You're right. We just need to think outside the box. We just need to look at her. She's not a broken person. We just mm -hmm. need to alter what we're doing because she simply learns differently her brain's and, wired for a different kind of excellence. Yeah. Yes. A different kind of excellence. And I'll tell you that kid is a powerhouse when she wants to get something done and she knows how to do it. She is good at it. She is far more skilled in many, many things just naturally than I am. And then many people that I know. Yeah. I, I just will never, ever forget how you helped to guide my, my way of viewing the situation into a very peaceful Mm -hmm. realization that, that we're okay. And I think a lot of the time, that's what moms need to know because we love mm -hmm. our kids so much. And we're afraid we're afraid we're going to fail our kid. We're afraid the world's going to be hard on our kid. There's a lot that, that goes into this, not just the mom responsibility. It's like mm -hmm. you said, the whole person for the kid and for the parent who's guiding and shepherding and loving this kid. I just, I feel like what you've created really has so much to it. It's so much more than just education for a kid who's struggling, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Totally. It, it's really big. 
So you consult with people all the time. I mean, constantly. And with all these hundreds and hundreds of people, and despite how big your school ends up getting, I know how you roll up your sleeves. You love the parents, you love the kids, and you're right there. You're right there doing a lot of the consulting and a lot of the, so I know you've had probably a lot of repeated questions that have helped mm-hmm. you formulate some, some top tips that you can give to parents. So um, what are those very common questions parents ask you as you are consulting with them? Friday, Beth Ellen will be back with us to finish sharing the last of the four secrets that she is going to bring to help bring peace and progress into our homeschool and into our child's educational journey. Thank you so much for being with us here today. It's been such a pleasure to have you listening in on this chat that I had with this precious, precious friend. And I'd love to see you and continue the conversation over in the group. So in this description, you can go to the link and you can come over and join me and amazing families on Facebook. I really look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.